ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm, warm welcome to Jesse Sigrist. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good Jesse, to be back. It is good to have you back, my man. Let me tell you, it is good to have you back. I appreciate. I appreciate the warm welcome. All the fans clapping right there. That's that's Had a live. good. Yes, yes, we got a studio audience today. Ha ha ha! Laugh track. <laughs> nice. Yep. <laughs> Joel got a new toy, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a got to take a couple weeks off after graduating college and decompress a little bit. So I appreciate Joel keeping the podcast running while I was away and. I'm back with a vengeance now, so you will be hearing plenty from me. That's right. That's right. Today, today we have a fun topic. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and for the last couple of years, realistically, it's it's something I talked about in therapy a couple of years ago, and has been really impactful for my day to day life. It's a we're gonna do a deep dive into why goals suck. Let's just go, <laughs> just get right into it. Why goals are kind of an inadequate way of framing development and some common alternatives that have been effective for me and have been effective for a lot of people in reframing self-improvement. And so we're going to be talking about why values and goals, nope, values and systems can outdo goals. Yeah, it's it's more that goals are a specific tool that serves one purpose and are used for a broad purpose in the self-help world, broadly speaking. It's not just that goals suck, because they do have their place, but I I believe their place is a lot smaller than someone like mm, Simon Sinek may believe. Yeah, goals are, are really popular because in a lot of ways they're really easy to do quickly. I think they're a good dart throw at the wall, practically. You can then get pretty specific with them and have them as kind of this anchor point in the future. They're punchy. People love hearing them. It's really easy to say them as a conversation piece and be able to say them as kind of a motivator. And so they they realistically, realistically do have value, but I think they come up short. And they're easy to come up with, too, because goals at their core are desires. Goals are things that you want, and they are a path to getting them. And it's easy to figure out what you want, because in a lot of cases, we think about it anyway. A lot of cases, we kind of know what we want. We know our desires. Not in every case, but in a lot of cases. And so it's easy to pull a goal from that with something like the SMART framework. Yeah, the SMART framework specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound is a super popular pr- framework. Hear about it often in business school, wherever. There's and they're, they're kind of college. considered to be... Yeah, absolutely. Every single class I took is like, smart goals. And, <laughs> and they're, I mean, there's goodness to them, right? There's, there's use of that. And then the other, the other big goal framework would be BHAGs. Yeah, big, hairy, audacious goals. And that's something that's kind of like a stretch goal, something that is, that's the big idea. And so a lot of business leaders will talk about their 
I don't know if they all say BHAG, but like it's something that came out of, I think, the 90s, that it was like the big idea that you could build a business on. They were built with these big, hairy, audacious goals, these goals that when you first say them, when you first set them, people are kind of shocked. They're taken back because, oh, you're going to really set that as a goal? Yeah. yeah, and so a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, would be like a longer-term, big picture, and then SMART goals have a little bit more flexibility they can be big picture but they are often more i mean you know measurable and specific so and time bound is the and big time thing bound. there so th- so it's not necessarily that they're short term or long term but they have to have a specific time frame for them that's usually very very measured yeah and personally i always struggled with smart goals i'd find i could get like four out of the five categories much more easily more not like always a dumb goal <laughs> <laughs> not always one specifically that i was always missing on but it was i feel like there's a lot of work in in coming up with a smart goal that's a measurable specific achievable relevant and time bound sorry um, i wasn't ready last time more like a dumb goal Okay. I love it. You're doing great, Joel. Uh, <laughs> um, and so why why do these suck? That's <laughs> they don't What are the pitfalls of goal yeah. setting? <laughs> right. Okay, so goals are a contract that you make with yourself. They are a, in so many ways a promise that you're making and well the the punchy definition we're going to use is the terms of this contract is to be unhappy with yourself until the goal is achieved. And, and I think that's the, that's the key part, is a goal is a target that you're setting, and when you've set this target, often the outcome of it is that you're not going to be happy until you've hit the target. And so, if your goal is a specific weight to lose 10 pounds, you're not going to be happy until you've lost the 10 pounds. And then, once you've lost the 10 pounds, what happens? Well, your goal changes. You get that short burst of dopamine, you get that rush. And then you've achieved it. Then it's your baseline. And now you're going to set a new goal. I find often the way we do goals is you are encountering this big now what moment. And I've, I kind of feel that right now. I just did mm-hmm. this four years of undergrad. I just did this four years of college. And there's a little bit of this now what. And, you know, I have I have a job. I have a good situation lined up. So I don't feel that as much as some of my friends, but there is this, like I was working and working and working and working. And now like it, it opened a door. It did a thing, but it kind of feels like, okay, cool. Who cares? <laughs> uh, and, and what do I, sorry, I clicked the wrong button. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Who cares? And, <laughs> what do I do now? Right. And the big one is like, yeah, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds, whatever you maybe do that. And then there's like, what's the next step? Like, are you going to try to lose 10 more pounds? There's only so many pounds to lose. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. But even outside of like the weight loss goals, I think, I I think about goal setting as like climbing a staircase. And at the top of the staircase is your goal, whatever you've set out. If if it's smart, if it's a big, hairy, audacious goal, if it's just some goal that you pull out of thin air at the top of the staircase is this goal. And you're at the bottom of the staircase trying to climb it every step of the way. And each step you get is 
one step closer to achieving the goal, but it's also one step more that reinforces that you're not there. It's one step more that kind of sets your default resting state at incomplete, not achieved not there yet and i think that's the piece that's challenging that's the piece that's hard is that the whole time you're climbing this staircase even though you're making progress you're measuring yourself by the gap between where you are and where the goal is and that's how you're always measuring yourself until you hit the goal and then as soon as you hit the goal the staircase moves again and you set another goal and you're right back where you started even if you're 10 pounds lighter or ten thousand dollars richer or whatever it is that your goal was you're back where you started emotionally as far as like a fulfillment standpoint absolutely and it's so easy for that incomplete that gap that whatever to start turning into an inadequate spacing and saying like i haven't achieved my goal yet and i'm bad for that or i feel like i'm not successful and it could really be an a pretty brutal space to land in it can really be taxing and depressing in yep. a, in a lot of ways because you're always thinking like and people will ask you about like oh how's that goal coming along it's like ah, i'm not there yet ha ha yeah. ha and then it's like oh i i feel kind of ooh, you know that actually hurts right like the self-talk I often, can really turn around yeah. on you so quickly yeah I don't typically find a lot of other people are doing that, like, ha, you haven't achieved your goal yet, bad you, but I've definitely found myself and most of the people I, I talk with, it's it's a really challenging place to land. It's a really hard road that is kind of a self-enforced, self-inflicted yeah. road, but it's so common. And then the other big problem I have with goals is they're not super flexible, you kind of set them often for a long term and then you spend a lot of time measuring, you know, trying to achieve, but what happens if that changes? Like if you're like having, having to say goodbye to a goal is pretty hard, even if you don't want it anymore. And so you often find like, it's easy to get on autopilot of like, I'm still going for this goal, even though I don't want to achieve it anymore. Or I just haven't thought about if I want to achieve it or not. Right. I don't, I don't open myself to that question. I, I'm not, yeah. if I ask myself that question, then I will always have to have been inadequate, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are settings where like the, the rigidity of goals is kind of the point where that is the value. If your goal is to run a marathon, one of the values of that goal, like one of the benefits that it has is that you're, you haven't accomplished it until you've cross the finish line of 26.2 miles and there's no compromise there like there is a sense of rigidity which can be really motivating like i think that is one of the one of the benefits of goals one of the one of the perks but i think there's a lot that goes with that a lot of side effects that we don't talk about as much yeah absolutely i like that term side effects right it's not actually a a bad thing right there's nuance here and we've talked about nuance in some of our episodes and you know, I don't actually want to hide the nuance. Goals aren't awful, but there are a lot of consequences to a specifically goal-based mindset and yep. always focusing in and digging in on goals because it can be so easy, like we said, to focus on the inadequacy, the gap, the incompleteness, and you know that can lead to a lot of unhappiness, negative yep. self-talk. 
And that even climbing this staircase, that you're always so preoccupied with what's 10 stairs ahead of you, rather than the fact that you've come 50, that you're so much farther along than where you started, and that you have now taken 50 steps that reinforce the person that you want to be, versus you're 10 steps away from that, whatever that thing on the pedestal is. So Jesse, what are like alternatives to a goal? So the big one that I think about is values, values over goals. And values is also a pretty broad word. And so we're going to get a little bit more specific with that. But a good example, going back to the weight loss one, which is actually where this opened up for me. This is where I I was talking about it with my therapist is like, I feel like I've gained too much weight. I want to lose weight. I want to get to this target weight. And my therapist said, flip this as like a value of being healthy. Like I want to treat my body well. I want Mm. to make an effort to be healthy. I want to treat, uh, or I want to eat in a more healthy way is so much more achievable than I want to lose 10 pounds because every day, even if I had a cheat day or whatever, even if I'm not losing weight, I can always make that next decision and make that current decision of I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to try to eat healthy the next time. Yeah. And And that reinforces the value that you have. That reinforces the person you want to be, the person you want to become. Yeah. And it doesn't focus on the failure. It doesn't focus on the, that was not progress. It focuses on, hmm, I, you know, ate a bunch of junk food or whatever. I still want to treat my body well. Yeah. I still great that happens you know i ate a whole pizza great i still want to eat healthy yeah that doesn't counteract my value or the other one is like thinking about oh you know i i want to have a ton of friends i want to be really well liked by everybody or you know i and so a goal here would be like i want to make three new friends this year or 10 new friends this year or something and a value could be like one of my values is like i want to be kind i want to be kind in every interaction i have i don't always achieve that but i always can try the next time right Mm. and the friends come right the yeah find people often like being around me not everybody but i haven't set out that goal of having a bunch of friends right right and you're and you're being you're being the person that people want to answer the phone for and that that is like the emphasis there right rather than oh, I met five new people today. It's like, no, I, I, I invested in the people that I know. I invested in the people that I was with. One of the ways that I think about values and that we've talked about before as a way to find your values is to picture yourself at your 80th birthday. Some people say like you're at your funeral, like write your own eulogy sort of a thing. That's a little morbid, which yeah. it, there's, it's okay. But, but I think about the 80th birthday as... I've lived a good, a good life. I'm at 80 years old. I'm, you know, at a, at a good age. That's, I'm not dying yet, but I'm, I've lived a lot and being able to look around the table and say, who's here and what are they like? Who's Uh here? What did they say about me? What did they care about? Phil Knight in his book, shoe dog talks about measure yourself by the people who measure themselves by you. That who are the people around you? Who are the people at the table with you who look at you as someone that they trust, someone that they care about, someone that they believe in? And are those the type of people that you want that you want there? Is that the people that you want to be invested in, that you want to be investing in you? 
Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, at the end of like the 80th birthday party, <laughs> at the end of the life, at, <gasps> at the end of the life, oh, do you want, you know, I want people saying like, Jesse is such a kind, forgiving, compassionate person who works hard and always treats himself well. Like if people say that, if people say that, I have succeeded in my values. I have lived my life the way I want to live it. I don't think anybody's going to be saying, "Ah, you know what I love about Jesse? It's that he lost 10 pounds when he was 21. (laughs) Like, I don't think anybody's going to be really focusing on that. And so it's maybe not where things matter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say that you shouldn't lose weight. That's not the point of it, right? The point of it is that, like, there's bigger things that you can emphasize, these bigger values that, like, they may say, Jesse's someone that really has taken care of his body. That's different than Jesse lost 10 pounds. Those are are mean similar things, but frame so differently. And I think approach the topic really differently. Yeah. And I think that really digs into what I actually want to get out of this episode is like how do we frame these things and do goals frame these self-improvement ideas in a positive way that's helpful or in a harmful way that focuses on the negatives and i think goals often can focus on the negatives and values can focus on the positives yeah and so it's some places it's a direct replacement some places it's more of just a realignment are there any other ways, Joel, that you can think of that like are substitutes for goals? Yeah. So one more thing on that, the about kind of the way that we approach this, the way that we frame this. So Epicurean philosophy is something that I've read a lot about over the last like six or eight months. And Epicurean philosophy came from this guy, Epicurus. It was kind of the answer to stoicism in the early or in early in the like ancient Roman civilization. It was kind of the answer to Stoicism. Stoicism was buttoned up. Stoicism was cold. Stoicism was unfeeling. Epicureanism, yeah, Epicureanism was, they had a good time. They pursued pleasure. They lived lives that they enjoyed. And it kind of was the answer and the opposite. And so Epicureans believed not just that you should pursue all these like fleeting fleeting pleasures like good food and sex and entertainment but instead they believed that you should achieve a peaceful resting state that when nothing's going on that when you're just alone you're peaceful you're not you're not frenetic you're not scared you're not anxious you're not depressed but when you have nothing going on your default is a positive state and with that That's something that I think this plays into so closely is that goals are not a bad thing, but goals frame our resting state as not peaceful. Goals frame our resting state as inadequate, as incomplete. Mm -hmm. And instead, values frame our resting state as it can still be peaceful. I have these values. Okay, yeah, maybe I do want to lose a little bit more weight, but... My resting state is that I have the value that I'm taking care of my body. And every time I eat enough vegetables in a day, every day that I hydrate, every day that I exercise, I'm taking care of my body. I'm reinforcing my identity as someone that's a healthy person, as someone that takes care of their body. 
that's that's the resting state that I want to be in, not the resting state that says I weigh 192 pounds and I want to weigh 188. That who gives a shit? Like that's not the point of this, right? Like the point of this is that I take care of my body and I'm a healthy person. The point of this is that you're living out your values rather than pursuing some measurable goal that is influencing your resting state in a negative way. Yeah, I really like that. And that also makes me reminds me of another thing I wanted to touch on is like those goals, you achieve it, awesome. You get that dopamine hit, awesome. And then you get that now what moment? It's expired. Mm -hmm. This goal is no longer (laughs) achievable because it's been achieved. Yeah. And achieving it again is just playing it on easy mode, right? It's it's free play (laughs) or whatever. But values I think the beauty of values is they can never be fully achieved. They don't expire. You can change your values, although I would argue it's not super easy. But you can have the same values for your whole life, right? That's the whole like eighty-year-old yeah. analogy. Is like and, and, I can and values, you know, and values are not a box to be checked either. Goals are a box to be checked. Values are kind of like in the in the list of things that Joel is. Values are a part of that. Goals are a box that Joel checks on the way, and I think that's why it's that's why it's different. Right. It's kind of a goals are something you do or can do. Mm-hmm. Values are something you are or can be. Yeah. And I want to be kind of known as who I am, not by yeah. what I do. Yeah. Okay, we're getting longer than I expected us to be getting on this episode, So, which is great. I've been enjoying this. But I want to shift and talk about systems really quick before we kind of wrap this up. So systems are another way. Systems is something that Scott Adams has written about, a number of people have written about. But I first read about it from Scott Adams. The Dilbert guy, I know he's not very popular anymore. He's He's got some wild right-wing theories. But... He also has some cool ideas about systems. And so uh, systems is another way to approach this. And I think of systems as a way to motivate your values, that your values are these idealistic, your values are these like core traits that you live out. These values are decisions that you make, things that you prioritize. Systems are the way that you the way that you go about that. And so if we think about, we've been, we've been leaning into health a lot in this episode. So if you've got your health value of, I want to take care of my body, your system for that might be three days a week, I go to the gym or three days a week, I exercise or even once a week, I exercise. And that's a way that every time you do that, every time that you pursue that system, that you live out that system, you're checking a box in the person that you are. You're putting another tally mark in the reinforcement of, yes, I am someone that's taking care of their body because I'm continuing to do this system. And it kind of is that practical half of that I think goals really are trying to accomplish. Goals are trying to be really practical. They're trying to be that like logistical motivation of like, how do I, how do I do this? And systems are that piece that fits in with values absolutely systems are almost micro goals right a goal often the the downside of a goal here would be like it's just can be kind of long term but a a system can be really achievable like like super achievable like today i got up out of bed 
today I walked 20 steps or a thousand steps or whatever. And so it's, it's the you walk focus 20 on steps in a day. That's it. I know. <laughs> that's I'm not doing a lot. Great, right? <laughs> that's if that's your system, bro. Who might, who might have said, yeah. <laughs> but the system is, is achievable, right? The system yeah. is focusing on what you are doing rather than what you haven't done yet. Yes. And, and they, yeah, refocuses from the gap to to the, the game, present. to the to the reinforcement of the value, to the to the actual practice. Yeah, it reminds me of Nick Saban, the head coach at Alabama for such a long time, and one of the most successful college coaches in in the history of college football. Nick Saban talks about trusting the process. That they don't set out every year to be a championship team. They set out every year to show up at practice and take really good reps in practice. And then when they get into a game, they take really good reps in that game. And they talk about the process of taking good reps when you're there. And I think systems are taking good reps to achieve your values, to live out your values. Not necessarily achieve, but to live out your values. Systems are the process to live that out. Yeah, yeah. And again, just going back, it's it's kind of a reframing, right? Systems, obviously, you can tell, are, are closer to goals, or maybe in the same ballpark, in the same family as goals. But I think they're a lot more friendly and a lot more approachable. And I think they, coming back to the idea of the, the resting state, the default state, systems reinforce your default state as a positive one, as a peaceful one. That your default state is not, I haven't achieved my goal yet. Your default state is... I lived out the system yesterday. I'm going to live out the system today. And that's reinforcing my values. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Joel, you got anything else? Jesse, I really don't. Do you? I don't. I, I think that's that's fun. Good conversation. Great. Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. These are fun conversations for us to have. But really, the, the point of this is that it's something for you to think about, a new way for you to think about some of these things. These don't have to be the answers, but they're raising some questions that I hope help you to think about things in some different ways. Um, please continue to text us 503-893-2664. We love getting texts from you. And honestly, we learn as much from you as you learn from us. Probably more. We learn probably more from you than you learn from us. And that's one of the core reasons why we do this podcast. So seriously, we'll respond. We'll, we'll race to respond faster. We'll fight yeah. each other over it. But. <laughs> and keep giving us suggestions on fun episode ideas, whether it's yep. like this, where it's just, hey, here's a topic and we'll do a little research and find some things. Or, hey, I really want to hear from this type of professional. And, you know, you can put us into contact with one or just say, hey, I don't know anybody here. Can you talk to somebody about this? We'll do yep. our best to, to find somebody. And we've got a fun lineup of professionals coming on this summer. We've got a therapist is coming on. We've got a personal finance writer. We've got someone who's worked in Silicon Valley and writes poetry. He, I struggle to, to put him in a box, but he is someone that I think you're going to love the conversation with. Someone that just oozes wisdom every time he, every time he opens his mouth. We've got some fun, fun guests coming on that are getting recorded in the next couple of weeks. And so excited to have those published. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.